we officially have Holt Smash for the Mississippi State podcast. And I think at one point in time in the future, we're going to get JBWTF and the Mississippi State podcast. Oh, I'm here, boys. How is it going? Good. Can we do a quick mic check? One, two, three. Holt, can you hear me and JB? Yeah, I can hear both of y'all. Sounds oh. great. Let's uh, let's uh, get this thing going. We're talking about my favorite team. This is my this is my power alley right here. I'm excited. Your baby. Okay. Okay. Um, well, before we even start that, um, we are officially have moved up from dumbasses just to um, just to some uh, idiots, maybe, because we now have the podcast on iTunes. So you can subscribe on iTunes now to SEC Slow Smoke. We figured it out. So if you're if you're ever playing like that game at Cracker Barrel, when you leave when you leave like four four of those little uh, whatever it's called picks left or right, <laughs> but you're, you're like an this, but then you move to like three, and you're like just playing dumb. I feel like we're the just playing dumb level now. Right. Yeah, that's a really good analogy, Alex. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. No, I know exactly. I had Cracker Barrel this morning, believe it or not. Funny. Sh- it's <laughs> What'd you get, Holt? Dude, I got it all. Tell us what the... you got, Holt. I'm about to tell you, JB. Will you listen? <laughs> Uncle, Herschel's, Uncle Herschel's favorite? Did you get Uncle Herschel's? I was like, I would literally just started talking. And then you were like, what'd you get? I was like in the middle of telling you. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right. Go ahead and tell me. Was it Uncle Herschel? What no, was it called? Uncle no, Herschel's no. favorite? It wasn't. I didn't actually go to the restaurant. It was catered. But uh, oh. yeah. So I had. I Damn, had, that sounds good. Yeah. Bacon, some sausage, some scrambled eggs. Nice. Uh, I had one biscuit with gravy on it. And some hash brown casserole, man, it was good too. Just that one biscuit because you're still trying to watch your figure, right? That's right. Gotta yeah. gotta watch those carbs. Yeah, it's getting football season. You gotta, or, you gotta wear the romper. The male rompers are coming coming back in style. Yeah, I guess they're starting to be in style. So yeah, I got um, the Mississippi State one already. So nice. Got the Mar- the Mar- Mar- kill Mar- a romper. Mar- white one. Jeb- Jeb- yep. got a one piece Tennessee Tennessee bikini, not bikini, uh, swimsuit. Um, I actually, oh, I look yummy in it too. I actually got uh, in Atlanta. I got Mary Max Tea Room. It's supposed to be a really good Southern place, and it pretty well, it was a pretty good Southern place. This is one of the first places in Atlanta where I feel like I've had enough food to eat for the meal. Um, JB, you would like it a lot, and Holt, you would like it a lot. So if y'all ever come, uh, which you're supposed to, somebody JB's supposed to come in September for a Braves game, uh, we'll go there because it's it's like a Cracker Barrel on steroids. It's a unique Cracker Barrel, um, so I enjoyed it. I got fried catfish and chicken, fried chicken, or my girlfriend got fried chicken. So um, I took pictures. You'll see on the slow smoke Twitter sphere and Instagram. But without further ado, we'll get into the hail motherfucking state podcast. Um, so starting this off, um, I don't think I don't think this I don't think Holt's been more excited for one for a podcast, but more I don't think he's been more excited for a football season and Star Bowl until this this one coming up. There's there's been a lot of a lot of um, high expectations place on this uh, Bulldogs team this year with Fitzgerald coming back. Hopefully, I mean, he's supposed to be healthy and full strength and then a good defensive line, good defense coming back, new coach, new coaching staff. Um, so that's a little a bit of a wild card, but I still think they're pretty optimistic in Starkville. Uh, so I'll let Holt talk about what what are you excited about most about Mississippi State and what, what are you kind of scared about? Because you had a, as a Mississippi State fan, you have to be a little bit pessimistic about something, right? Right, yeah. I mean, you always are as a Mississippi State fan. Um, there's just always, like, that little bit in the back of your head being like, why, like, why am I getting excited for this? Like, I know they're just going to, like, you know, lose to lose some team they shouldn't lose to and, like, just have, like, a regular normal, like, 7-5 and five season or something. But, uh, 
I would probably say I'm most excited about the defensive line. Um, they return uh, the SEC sack leader last year, Montez Sweat, and uh, Jeffrey Simmons is uh, a big-time player, potential first-round pick. Uh, you know, was voted first-team All-SEC this year, preseason. Um, and they were, even though they did lose uh, Dan Mullen last year, they actually were able to retain their defensive line coach from last year, um, uh, Baker. So, there's going to be some continuity there on the defensive line. And um, I think they have a chance to be a really dominant unit this year. And it isn't just those two. I mean, they have a lot of depth, a lot of older guys. Um, if you guys watched that show last chance, you from last season, Chauncey rivers is there. The guy whose mom made sure everybody was watching film. <laughs> if you, uh, if you remember that episode. So hopefully, hopefully uh, she's going to keep that going and make sure that Mississippi state is uh, watching film this year. Well, I'll ask, um, I'll if, if I can say, like, there's one thing I, I'm a little bit concerned about since you asked me that, too. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, all right. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, dude. Like, like if, if, this is the episode where I'm probably going to talk the most. But you did ask me what I was concerned about. Yeah. So I do want to answer that real quick. The, if I had to say, like, one thing that I'm really concerned about is the wide receiver group. Uh, they really struggled last year catching the ball. <laughs> Their leading receiver only had, like, 200-something yards. So, uh you know, just really struggled with that position last year. Uh, Joe Murray's going to try to throw the ball a little bit more. They do bring in a four-star true freshman um, from Louisiana who's going to be uh, – Devontae Jason is his name. Uh, he's going to be a pretty uh, big-time player, I think. Uh, Stephen Gidry was the number one uh, Juco wide receiver last year. So, hopefully those two guys can make a contribution and kind of bring some athleticism to that group. But that's probably, like, what I'm most worried about. So, uh I know you're. Uh, all right, all right, I'm done now. <laughs> oh, you gonna take a breath? Yeah, right. yeah, I'm good. Um, well, I'm gonna follow up. Real quick. I'm gonna follow all right, up. JB, I don't think we needed that. <laughs> JB, JB's in 110. percent JB, what the fuck mood right now? Yeah, he's trying. I think he's like since he's with our producer Dalton right now. That like he's trying like really hard to impress him or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. He's acting totally different in this podcast. I mean, when you get when you get Dalton and I together, like. Uh, yeah, yeah. You need to, you need to calm down your crush a little bit too much, JB. You're 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 showing a little too much. You're you're getting a little too uh, flattered. Um, I'll, I'll follow up with you, Holt. So you're saying you're concerned. You're excited about everything that I said. So thanks for saying what I said in like 30 minutes there. But you said you're concerned about the receivers. And one thing I'll follow up with that is that I think um, yeah, like they don't have any big name receivers right now. But um, as an outsider. Um, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think they have a lot of receivers that, to me, come out of nowhere. Like, I can think of uh, Deronio Wilson. Whenever he first got big, like, I, I think in my mind he at least came from nowhere. But uh, wasn't, he, wasn't he a basketball player, too, at first? I mean, yeah, yeah. He was a Mr. Alabama in high school for basketball, was a big-time player they got out of Birmingham. And uh, they were able to develop him into, you know, an all-SEC receiver. Not, didn't really have much of an NFL career. I don't even think he got drafted. Um but he's out of the league now. He's not even playing anymore. But, uh, you know, they had Fred Ross as well, who had a couple yeah. of pretty good years at, at State. Um, so, I mean, yeah, they, they did have a couple of good receivers, but they haven't really been able to find, like, that big-time four- or five-star receiver, you know, yeah. that's come in and been, like, a dominant player. They've had, like, some solid players, but no one who's come in and been, like, someone the defense really had to plan for. That's also a product of uh, Dan Mullen recruiting not super well, more developed yeah. players, but more has recruiting well. Um Hold, hold just a second. Hold on. I'll ask JB real quick. To an outsider, JB, as you and me are, um, where we have maybe more realistic expectations of state or we're not as hyped 
maybe maybe not as hype of Albuquerque State. I'm pretty I'm pretty excited for them to actually watch them play this year. But David, I would ask you: Do you think that Mississippi State, this Mississippi State team, is a lot of a lot of people like them this year? Do you think they might be a little too overhyped, or do you think they can actually compete with Auburn and Alabama in the West? No, I actually think uh, where most pundits have them is just about right. They're a borderline uh, top fifteen team. Yeah. Uh, if they had Mullen back, I would put them borderline top ten. Uh, yeah. I, that's what surprises me is that Mullen left this team. Mullen would have had a much better chance at a national championship with this team than any team he would have had previously. And this team is better than the team that he took over in Gainesville. So it still dumbfounds me that he's not coaching this team. But yeah. I, I, like, I really do like this team. Uh, it's got a lot of depth. Uh, there's more talent on this team than the 2014 team. Uh, the 2014 team, the difference between this team and the 2014 team is 2014 had Dak Prescott, obviously, but that team had a lot of experience. This team has more talent than the 2014 team, top to bottom. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll get on to my next topic, which is a big topic for Mississippi State this year, is the coaching staff, the new coach, Dan Mullen, left for, for Florida, and now they have Joe Moorhead from Penn State. So um, <laughs> first question I have is, like, why – and maybe whole cancers. Why do they like those damn Yankees so much in Starkville? I mean, Dan Mullins from what, like New Hampshire or somewhere in the Northeast, and Dan Mullen or uh, Moorheads from Pennsylvania, and then I think even the baseball coach. I don't know if he had some roots in the South, but he fr- he's from Indiana, and it's just like, do they not like the South Southern people? Yeah, you know, it's actually a really good question. Um, I think one of the things you've seen from Mississippi State's athletic department the last like ten years or so has been they really try to think outside the box. Um, it would be really easy for them to just try to hire, uh, you know, another saving assistant like so many other teams do. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Like, obviously, Kirby Smart's done a like, great job um, at Georgia, and, like, I expect Pruitt to do well at Tennessee. But yeah, I think they just try to think a little bit outside the box. They know they're not going to get to the top by trying to copy everything Alabama does. They know they're going to have to try to do it kind of like their own way and maybe, uh, you know, be a little bit more efficient and a little, you know, less trying to – you know, just recruit the best players. I mean, they're going to try to recruit the best players they can, obviously. But, like, you know, you're not going to be able to recruit at the same level as LSU, Alabama, Texas A&M every year. So you kind of have to have a little something different. And I think that's what they were thinking with uh, both of the last two hires. Yeah. Um, you know, Moorhead comes from Penn State. Um, I, don't, I don't know where you stand on this. And I'll, I'll kind of reiterate or review what we said earlier in, like, one of our coaching podcasts. Um, as a State fan, I think most people were disappointed originally when um, – Mullen left for Florida, maybe felt betrayed, but, you know, now Moorhead's in. And at first, I don't know how most state fans were, but for me, I'm not a state fan, but for me personally, like, I never really knew who Moorhead was. Maybe it's just because he's not in the conference before before now, and um, I didn't realize how good he was at Penn State or how good their offense was at Penn State. So the more I hear him talk and um, at media days, which, by the way, he's freaking huge. He's like, what, like 6'3 or 6'4 or something like that? No, dude, he's like 6'6". Okay, yeah, I was say he looks. He makes everybody look small, so he's huge. But um, a lot of a lot of uh, people are. I, I like hear him. I like more. I like him more the the more I hear him talk. So I think I think the way it's worked out, at least I've seen it in start at, at, with Holt and other fans. I think as a lot of people hated Mullen for leaving and they felt betrayed, and but then Moorhead came in and now everybody's starting to like him more. And now people are kind of excited and very optimistic about Moorhead and what he can do with this talented team, especially on the offensive side with Fitzgerald. Yeah, hundred percent. And, uh, you know, I was kind of the same way when they first hired him. Um, uh, I'd heard his name come up for a few other jobs and I was kind of like, you know, I don't really know if he's like ready yet just cause he's like, he's only been a coordinator for like a couple of years, you know, at the, 
power five level and how he has been really successful, but at the same time, you know, it almost feels like there's like a process you need to go through before you're ready yeah. to be a head coach. And uh, I was a little bit more concerned actually about uh, his recruiting ability initially than I was about his ability to call plays. I'm sure Mississippi State's going to be able to score some points with him. He's, you know, like when you watch his offenses, they did have a lot of talent at Penn State, obviously, but, you know, they're able to move the ball really well and uh, have a really fun offense to watch as well. So I, I don't, I never really doubted that he would put up points, but I was a little bit afraid that, uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, maybe he wouldn't be ready to be like a coach quite at this level. And, what you know, that's still t- to be determined. So well, we'll have to, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, I, I, I but you're right. Every, everything you hear, like, is positive. Everything from national media, everything from, you know, people around Penn State is like that he's ready for this and that he can do it. And he was a coach <laughs> at the FCS, a head coach at the FCS level and, yeah. and won. So yeah. that's what I was going to bring up is that, like, you get a lot of these, um, first year power five coaches and some of them haven't had head coaching experience or were just coordinators like for instance Jeremy Pruitt no offense JB weren't were never really head coaches even though you know he wasn't a head coach at the power five level I mean he was I think I'm looking at now he's at Fordham um but he had a pretty good run at Fordham I mean he didn't win national championships but he had like I'm looking at he was there for four years had a 12 and 2 team 11 3 team and a 9 and 3 team um, in that order. And he, um, I still, I still think that is kind of important to have some head coaching experience, whether, whether it's at, you know, FCS level, group of five, power five level. I think, I still think some head coaching experiences the no head coaching experience. Yeah. You have a point, Alex, but, uh, even the biggest programs will still hire a previous head coaching experience. Uh, Florida hired Will Muschamp. Kirby Smart. Uh, Georgia, Georgia, uh, Georgia hired Kirby Smart. Tennessee hired Jeremy Pruitt. The three biggest programs in the East have all hired big-time assistants that have had no previous head coaching experience. So it even happens at the highest level, not just the, um, you know, mid-tier teams. Yeah, I, I'm just – my point is that given, given a choice between two people – um, I would rather have somebody with head coaching experience, even no matter what I agree. the head coaching experience is. I agree. Yeah. Even just like I said, like even the biggest schools will still hire guys that never had head coaching experience. Even in Oklahoma, when they hired Bob Stoops, he had never previously been a head coach either. Uh, so let, let me let's just talk about the team this year. So they yeah. have a lot of they have a lot of talent on defense, and they have Fitzgerald coming back. Oswald, what's what's more important to the team? Is it Nick Fitzgerald? being healthy and having another good year like he did last year before he got hurt or is the defensive line is that the is that the, really the anchor for the team this year which which one's going to really hold the team together and you know win big games for them yeah well, that's a, a really good question and tough question um you know i do think the defensive line is going to be the strength of the team i i like nick Fitzgerald a lot as a quarterback um he's not always the most efficient passer he doesn't throw necessarily the best ball um, some of that has to do with just, you know, receivers not being able to get open against SEC teams. And some of it is just, he, you know, maybe his mechanics and whatnot. He, he, uh, it's actually not to be controversial at all, but he actually reminds me a lot of Colin Kaepernick as a player. Just like, uh, he, yeah, he throws, he throws really hard, but he doesn't throw like a perfect spiral. So it's just kind of hard to catch. Yeah. Um, and I, that's that's one thing uh, looking at him, but uh, I think he's going to be healthy and good to go. And obviously, it's, if he's not, if he doesn't have a good year, then I don't think State's going to have a good year. Um, I think he needs to, you know, really be the leader of this offense. And uh, if he has a bad year, then I think State's going to be a little bit disappointed in their in their record. Um, the defensive line, I think, has a chance to be dominant. I think they can, 
like this unit is talented enough and deep enough to control games. When you have a dominant defensive line, they can really disrupt whatever you're doing on offense and uh, can really mask, you know, I mean, they're not weak in the secondary by any means, but uh, that's definitely a corner is probably like the, if you had to say a weakness of their defense, that'll be their, their weakness. And it's going to be hard for teams to take advantage of that when this defensive line is breathing down the quarterback's neck. You know what I mean? They're able to stop the run, uh, you know, on first down, force teams into that third and long where they can really get after the quarterback. So, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if I really answered your question at all. I think they're both uh, really crucial. Um, obviously, Nick Fitzgerald is just one person, and the defensive line is, you know, maybe eight, ten people that are going to be contributing there. So, you know, they're both really important, but I don't think they're going to be able to have a good season unless Nick Fitzgerald has a good season. Yeah, um, I'll, yeah I would I, – I mean, just because I'm a little biased, I always think the quarterback's the most important position. So, I think Fitzgerald is more important than – the defensive line, but I think it is pretty pretty important for them because that is one of their strengths of defensive line to control the line of scrim, especially when the SEC when you play teams like Alabama that likes to run a lot, Auburn likes to run, LSU likes to run a lot. So I think it's I think it's still very important that they have a good defensive line. Um, and to add to that, uh, Alex and Hold, uh, this reminds me of a similar situation uh, four years ago at a rival school, the school up north. Uh, in the preseason, we all talked about. Ole Miss goes wherever Bo Wallace takes them. It's kind of the same situation for Mississippi State. They're going to go wherever Nick Fitzgerald can take them. Yeah. Um, I'll, ask, I'll ask Holt now, getting into the, more into the offense. The um, you know Jim Moore has known for offense, and then I, I really don't know too much about their offensive coordinator, uh, Luke Getze. Getze, yeah. I'm not really even 100% sure I'll say either, honestly. But all I know is from reading his Wikipedia that he's – been mostly in the NFL, or not mostly in the NFL, he's been um, with the Packers, and he's gone through a bunch of different schools, but he's from Pennsylvania, so I'm assuming that's like where the connection is with Joe Moorhead, but I'm assuming that this is probably going to be Joe Moorhead's offense, and uh, good old Luke is going to listen to what Joe tells him, but tell me, tell me about Joe, Joe Moorhead's offense hold. I, I know he's scored a lot of points in Penn State, and if I can remember correctly, Penn State was more of a pocket passing team with Saquon Barkley last year, so they had that but um, I don't really see them. I think it's kind of a contrast to uh, Dan Mullen's offense where it was spread off. I mean, it's certainly spread offense, I think, but I think it's, you know, not the same Dan Mullen spread offense where you um, have quarterback run and a, um, you know, have heavy run up the middle of the game. So I think that that's, I guess that's a good question. So tell me about his offense and tell me how he can best use Fitzgerald because I haven't seen, I don't know of a Penn State quarterback that was a dual threat quarterback. So that kind of concerns me. Yeah, well, I mean, they did run Trace McSorley a little bit. Um, obviously, he's a lot smaller than Nick Fitzgerald is, so I would expect them to run Fitzgerald just a little bit more. Plus, I think that plays into his strength as a player a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I, even though Joe Moorhead likes to throw the ball a little bit more than Dan Mullen, I still think this offense is built uh, to run the ball. Um, with but, Fitzgerald or with the running back? Well, with, yeah, well, with Fitzgerald and the running backs. They have two running backs, Aries Williams and Colin Hill, who they both they feel really confident in both of them. So, uh, I mean, I'm just saying, like, that's, like, the strength of their team is those guys – those three guys' running ability. Yeah. So, I, I think they they will run the ball a little bit more than they did at Penn State um, just for that reason alone. Um, but getting back to Joe Moorhead's offense, it's, it's really, like, uh, RPO-based, um, very uh, – I'm trying to think, like, how he described it. It was, like, a, the passing offense uh, – aspect of it is like West coast with like uh, 
you know, a lot of zone read, like in the running game, like zone uh, running game. So uh, you kind of like mix those two together to, to make his offense. And he's really aggressive, likes to take a lot of shots down the field. Um, <clears throat> people say, uh, like they call him like 50-50 balls or whatever. But he, uh, one thing he says a lot of the time is that, you know, they're not really 50-50 balls when, because like they're, they're calculated risk. You know what I mean? It's not like they just decide, like they just roll a dice and they're just like, all right, well, let's just throw the ball deep here. Like it's all calculated depending on what the defense is doing and matchups and things like that. But they're looking to get big plays down the field. And um, that's something that you didn't really see from Dan Mullen. He was a lot more conservative, very, um, you know, I mean, he basically ran like the triple option or the option out of the spread formation. That's basically like what Dan Mullen's offense is. And he uses the quarterback kind of like a bulldozer, you know, short yardage back and things like that. So I don't think you're really going to see quite that um, from Joe Moorhead. I think you're going to see a little bit more in the passing game. But this year specifically, I think you will see some a decent amount of running from Nick Fitzgerald and the running backs a little bit more than he did at Penn State, just like because of what I said. That's what this team is built to do. Um, they returned four or five offensive linemen as well. Um, and those guys were, you know, brought in to run Dan Mullen's offense. So it's I think – you know, just based off that alone, I think they're going to run the ball a little bit more than he did at Penn State, like I've said about three times already. But <laughs> that's all right. Is Penn State your favorite team or what, dude? <laughs> dude, let's let's, let's over here, JB. Let's put JB put this back into perspective for me. So we're we're talking up Mississippi State a lot, and we're especially talking up Nick Fitzgerald because of the year he had last year before he got hurt. Where would you rank Nick? Nick Fitzgerald and the SEC among quarterbacks. There's a couple. There's a few good quarterbacks this year. You have Stidham at Auburn. You have uh, you can say Tua. I mean, he's the only played a half. We you have Tua at Alabama. You have um, Jake Fromm and Drew Locke, man. Drew Locke, of course, our Heisman favorite. So, JB, where where would you rank Nick Fitzgerald and the SEC among all those pretty good, decent, great quarterbacks? I'd comfortably put him in the top five. Uh, if I had to pick the best quarterbacks in the conference, it's going to have to be Drew Locke and Jake Fromm at the top. But Fitzgerald's definitely flirting, you know, between the three and five range. Fitz, I love Fitzgerald. He's a, he's going to be a really strong senior leader for this team, fifth-year senior leader. He's, a, he's an experienced guy. Uh, we saw last year he can win games for State, and I think he's going to prove this year he can win games for them as well. And he's going to, he's going to really help carry this team. Uh, he, you know, he's, I don't know if – what his future would be as far as the NFL is concerned, but as for the college level, he's a really solid quarterback. Maybe not elite, but he's just below elite. He's really solid. Yeah. Oh, do you like him? You like him number two in the SEC behind Drew Lock, or do you think the quarterbacks are better? Um, I would say I would have a number three behind uh, Lock and Stidham. Yeah, I, I'd probably. I'm not. I'm, I'm not big on on Fromm overall. Like. Uh, some other people are. I mean, I, I like him. I think he's a good quarterback, but uh, I haven't seen enough like playmaking ability out of him, like specifically yeah. to put him yeah. to put him ahead. Yeah, it's really a tough call between Sidman and uh, Fitzgerald, but I'm just going to give the nod to Fitzgerald. But I, I really do like Jared Sidham too. Like SEC quarterbacks are better now than they were a few years ago. Yeah, and that's which is nice to see because um, that me you know, boost the conference up a lot too um switching over to the defense and um i'll have to ask the the expert on the defense which might actually be jb here because we have um first year offense defensive coordinator bob shoot first year at mississippi state of course uh where was he last year the huh. university of tennessee so we'll go to our uh tennessee big tennessee fan jb 
what do you think about Bob Shoup at Mississippi State? And I mean, I'll I'll talk about Bob Shoup for a second before I ask you because I I didn't like like Joe Moore. I didn't know about Bob Shoup until I went to that Tennessee game with you against Florida. And not I mean I probably knew before that, but I just I, I didn't know as much about him until you started talking about him at Tennessee. And I knew he came from Penn State, and you liked him a lot before he got to Tennessee. And he did pretty good at Tennessee. <clears throat> I think he could have done a little bit better, but I know he's hyped up really really big so uh what do you think about him jb as a defensive coordinator overall in that state well um his results at tennessee were mediocre maybe even less than mediocre overall but those two years at tennessee are going to be proven to be an anomaly because he was really honestly micromanaged by butch jones he wasn't able to do exactly what he wanted to do he also suffered a bunch of injuries especially on the defensive line in both seasons at tennessee uh, in the beginning of the 2016 season, we really saw what Shoup's defense was capable of uh, when they when they pretty much completely shut down Florida in the second half of that game and went on their uh, 24 nothing or what was it, 38 unanswered points run, mm-hmm. and the defense took over. That's the kind of defense you would expect from Shoup. Uh, they're really aggressive. Coming at the quarterback, they like to rush. Uh, he had two solid defensive ends that season, Derek Barnett and Corey Vereen coming off the edges. Uh, he had some really good defensive tackles and Shy Tuttle and Khalil McKenzie. But unfortunately, a lot of those guys ended up getting hurt throughout the season. And they were just having to plug in guys because they ran out of depth at the end of the season. That's when teams were starting to run all over them. But when those guys were healthy and when his team was healthy, his defense was really good. It was not the best in the conference, but it was near the top of the conference when it was healthy. And yeah. what, the good thing about Shoup's defense is that he's aggressive. He's going to bring six or seven guys. He loves to bring pressure to the quarterback. He's not as aggressive as Grantham in that manner, but he's still really aggressive. Uh, he plays a uh, lockdown defense, but his his mantra has always been stopping the run, and that's what he's going to be good at. We say, especially with that defensive line, I don't think a lot of teams are going to be able to run the ball on that defense. Hey, Jamie, can I ask you uh, real, uh, qu- another question, real quick? Um, do you think that his situation at Tennessee was really similar to uh, Manny Diaz at Texas, like when he kind of got run out of town when Mac, when the whole thing was going on uh, downhill with Mac Brown and everyone kind of like blamed him, but then he kind of came back and revitalized his career. And now it's having like a big career at Miami. Do you think this is kind of a similar situation? I do. I don't think a defensive coordinator at all. I mean, you saw his defenses at Penn state, his defenses at Penn state were elite uh, top five, top 10 in the country. Each season he was a defensive coordinator there. And those teams did not have as much talent on his defense as the ones he had in Tennessee. But the defenses at Tennessee, he always had a, he had a ton of injuries both seasons. He was also micromanaged by Butch Jones and what he can do and what could, he could install in his defense. So we really didn't get to see the true Bob Shoot defenses these past two years. But as long as uh, Joe Moorhead lets Bob Shoot have free reign, which I think he will, uh, you're going to see a really good uh, defense in Starkville this season. Man, well, um, we can do a whole podcast about how Butch Jones has ruined everything at Tennessee. <laughs> but, uh, we'll, we'll we probably that. will. Yeah, Probably will at some point. We might have to. Um, all right, so I'll, I'll just hold this. So, um, Holt, you've been on record saying that Jeffrey Simmons is, in your opinion, the best defensive player in the SEC. But do you think that Montez Sweat might be the better player this year? Or um, do you think Jeffrey Simmons is the best player now and he has the best pro potential? Um, I think uh... – Probably Jeffrey Simmons is going to have the better year, and he's going to uh, be the better NFL player. I'm not sure that Jeffrey Simmons is going to put up the numbers that Montez Sweat does, but part of the reason why Montez Sweat gets a lot of one-on-ones with tackles on the edge is because Jeffrey Simmons is taking up multiple guys on the inside. 
he's kind of just one of those guys that you have to commit two or three guys to every play. Um, otherwise, he's just going to blow the play up. So, uh, because of Jeffrey Simmons' ability, I feel like it's – I mean, Montez Sweat is a great player, too. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. I'm just saying that, like, part of the reason why Sweat had so much success last year was because Jeffrey Simmons was getting those double teams on the inside and giving him some one-on-one matchups on the outside. Yeah, it's um, it, it's kind of tough. Unless you're, like, a quarterback, run back, receiver, or, I guess, a kicker, it's some of the stats or – some of the, the plays you make on defense and, like, offensive line, too, like, doesn't always show up. So, it's, it's like, you really have to watch the game to see the true effect a player might have, like Jefferson. Yeah. Especially um, when you're, like, an interior defensive lineman. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I'm going to get into the schedule. And normally I like to, like, hold off, like, miscellaneous items for the end, but, but I, I think we should just go ahead and cover it because we might not ever cover if we don't. Um, so Holt, you went to Mississippi State for four of the best years of your life, except for now because you're in your post grad life podcasting with us. <laughs> but um, four of your best years in the, being the frat star in college. What what would you say was your favorite place to eat in Starkville, Mississippi? Oh man, Dude, that is like such a tough question because I mean there, there's really so many places and like I feel like I'm gonna like I mean I am gonna leave some out. But give, uh, give me your favorite uh, and then list two or three extra. Man, that is – I mean, dude, it's so tough, man. Like, I really don't think I could pick, like, just one. I think I may just have to list, like, three and then – Name name all 50 places you like to eat. Start all right. I'm is, all, this, I'm only... this, is, is the all Biscuit right, Lady I'm, on the list? No. I've, JB, I've never been there. I swear to God I've never been. <laughs> dude, like, I – like, that's – I mean, like, dude, people give Starville, like, such a hard time. And, I mean, like, whatever, dude. I really don't care. Like, I mean, I do a little bit, but, like, not not too much. But, like, it's just, like, there's so many places to eat, like, in Starville. Um, people act like it's just such a dump, and it's really not. But, uh, probably, I, I will say my favorite place to eat in Starville was Petty's Barbecue Place. It's just a shack right there on Highway 12, right across from the Wendy's. Um, they just got, like, their sauce is just amazing. Like, I love their sauce so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to just get, like, the barbecue nachos with, like, extra sauce and just, like, go to town on it. And they had, like, this uh, – barbecued grilled cheese sandwich so it was it's just so good like I, I i could sit here and talk about it forever but i'm uh that's my plug petties on highway 12 is my favorite place a couple other places though are stagger in yeah it's a great place even though it's actually owned by alabama fans but uh you know we still eat there it's still it's still really good they got the, they got the big chicken wings yeah you know what i mean like a lot of places have like those little like those little bitch chicken wings no this place is like those big like Big like they, but yeah, like they gave this chicken like, steroids, like before steroids, they it. Like, steroid. Yeah, I mean these are these are like those big wings, and like, they got, <laughs> got like all are they big or they all big? different kinds of sauces. Dude, I mean, dude, you got me on a roll, man. I can't stop now. Uh, the bin, the bin has great food. It's probably the best place to hang out in Starville. Yeah. If you can find a spot there outside, just on a nice day outside, it's just it's Starville like at its peak. Um, let's see. There's a new place called Two Brothers. Um, that may not even be the right name, honestly. It opened up after <laughs> – I'm sorry, dude. It opened up after I graduated, but, like, everyone talks about how good it is. So, if, if like, that's what you're into, I definitely recommend that place. I've only been there one time, but it was really good. Uh, but everyone – like, that's, like, the place everybody talks about now, and it's, like, right in the Cotton District, right by the stadium. So, it's really easy to get to. But, uh, yeah, so, I'm just like I said, I know I left out, like, five different places, and, like, I'm going to regret it later. But just if, if I could – that was like my little tangent there. It's over now. And uh, do you? Um, I'll, I'll stop you and ask you real quick. 
I've been to Starkville many times for different reasons, which we won't get into, but uh, also a lot of reasons was because of you. Because uh, I had to get, we had a, we had a pregame, like when those those drunk band parties are like, you know what? We're pretty good at talking about football. We should podcast in five years after we graduate. And <laughs> we're here doing that. But um, I'll ask you to see how, see, uh, be a little best friend test. Do you know what my favorite place to eat in Starkville is? And there's two. Uh, I feel like one of them's mugshots. Yeah, one of them's definitely mugshots, and the other one is the the easy answer. When I said the easy answer, you should guess it. Oh, uh, Little Dewey. Yeah, I like both of them. Yeah, that's that's a touristy place. You know, I like Little Dewey. I'm not trying to like put it down or anything. Little Dewey's is really good. It's just that's like the touristy place. Like that's the place everybody knows about. Yeah. Like everyone, that's the place everyone will tell you to go. And I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't go there. It's good. I'm just saying like that's the more like the touristy like type place. I went and also I got to give a shout out to Restaurant Tyler because I totally forgot about them. That's probably like the nicest place to eat in Starville. Like you're gonna take a girl there, that's like or your family like after church. That's like the perfect place to go. But all right, um, yeah. So um, and I've, I've actually been to Petty's and I didn't I didn't like it as much as you. But maybe I just I got got it on a bad day or didn't get the right thing. But uh, we'll 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 skip over this. Um, JB, you have I'll give you one restaurant in Starville. You've only been there like maybe two times, three times. So you can you get one answer. Mugshots. That's the only one I've been to. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of less less impressed, so we can just move on. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, not J- JB's JB's not a fan of a well done burger. Yeah, not like so- next time I will say this. Uh, next time I do try mugshots, I will tell them to cook my burger medium. I did not expect it to come out charred. I was really disappointed in that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. JB's Jay- also biased. He also doesn't like like food in other SEC towns. So. No, that's not the case at all. Like, there's a lot. I would love food in every SEC town. There's nothing wrong with food. Like, you can the way to my through to my heart is through my stomach. Any girl, I just I just don't like I just don't like charred burgers. I mean, I think a lot of dudes would say the same thing. Like charred burgers are just ruining the meat. It's it's like a dried up turd. <laughs> All right, thanks, Jake. All right. Let's let's go ahead and get to the schedule with that that dry up turd mentioned in my mind right now. Um, all right, so Mississippi State this year obviously they have to go through the West. Let's so be tough with that, and they have non conference um, a couple easy games against uh, Stephen F. Austin, Louisiana, but they also play at Kansas State and Louisiana Tech. So um, not not super easy out of conference, uh, but a couple couple maybe one toss up game with Kansas State. We'll we'll get into it though. Uh, we'll start with the the year. Um, with uh, Stephen F. Austin at Davis Wade. And I don't really think we need to talk too much about this. So we'll just chalk this up as a win and go to the next week where they go to Kansas State um, and take on Bill Snyder at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. I didn't know they named it this, but I guess it's his family stadium now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Kansas State at Kansas State. You never really know at Kansas State what, what kind of year they're going to be. Like sometimes they have really good years and – Sometimes they have like just decent years, and I feel like they're always a solid eight-win team now. And they went eight and five last year, so going back, I don't know enough about Kansas State, so um, I'll let Holt talk more about Kansas State, or really, JB knows too a lot about Kansas State, so I'll just let Holt kick this one off. I think hmm. they're going to win just because I know more about Mississippi State than Kansas State, but it, that's not to say it's going to be an easy game because it is at Kansas State. So we'll let Holt kick this one off. Yeah, it's definitely a tough game for sure. Kansas State's always one of those like under the radar teams uh they play just really efficiently and they don't make mistakes they don't beat themselves um that's really a reflection of their coach just a very disciplined um very disciplined coach um so i i do think this could be a little bit of a close game and it is at kansas state um also uh 
completely off topic, but uh, Kansas State just announced yesterday that they have Chick-fil-A for their home games now. Uh-oh. So, uh, yeah, so if any Mississippi, any Mississippi State fans are listening and they want to uh, hit us from Chick-fil-A while they're there, that's uh, almost perfect. Um, I, think, I think it's technically called Chicken Filet. Yeah, right. But uh, <laughs> Chicken Filet. No, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think Mississippi State's going to win this game. Uh, I could see a scenario where it's just like a really close, like ugly game. Um, if you'll remember a couple years ago uh, when Joe Moorhead was at Penn State, it really took like the first six or seven games for their offense to really get going. They really struggled early that season. A lot of people were talking about James Franklin, you know, possibly getting fired that year. And it wasn't until about halfway through the season that they really got the offense clicking and turned around. So part of me wonders if it's going to take a little while for this offense to get clicking. And uh, Kansas State is definitely a team who can give State a hard time. But I think Mississippi State is just way more talented. I think Mississippi State's defensive line is going to be able to control the running game and keep Kansas State's offense off the field. Um, and I think State's going to get the win. Jamie, you want to elaborate on that? I mean, I really do like this game. Uh, uh, Kansas State's a really, really scrappy team. Uh, they're not always really talented, but uh, Bill Snyder's, you know, a really good X's and O's guy. He's He gets his guys to play really, really hard for him. And I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think Mississippi State's going to be able to run away with this one, but it'll be close for a while. But I, I like State to put them away uh, later in the fourth quarter. But uh, Kansas State's going to give them a good fight just because, you know, they're going to be fresh. It's the second game of the season. Both teams are still trying to figure each other out. And uh, that, like I said, I think Kansas State's going to keep it close for a while. But Mississippi State will prevail just because they're more talented. Bill, Bill Snyder has to be like 97 years old right now. I can't believe he's still out there and coaching and doing his thing. Um, he told him – I think didn't he tell him that he wasn't going to retire until they named his son like the next head coach and they just like really don't want to do that? Is his son even coaching on the team? Yeah, I think his son, his son is like an assistant coach and uh, he's been like trying to get him to hire him to be the head coach, but they want to go hire like Brent Venables or somebody or uh, – What's the defense coordinator from Oregon that used to be the head coach at, at USF? I'm trying to blank on his name right now. Uh, but he's a Jim really, Levitt. Jim yeah, Levitt. Yeah, because I think both of those guys have some Kansas State ties. So I think uh, they they're waiting on Bill Snyder to retire so they can hire one of those two guys. But uh, Bill Snyder says he's not going to give up his spot until they hire his son. So I don't I don't know. So, something's about to happen soon. I, I can tell that. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, hopefully not too depressing of them, like on the field or while he's coaching. So, uh, like, hopefully they can make it through that. Um, all right, so we'll start off 2-0 with Mississippi State and um, come back to take on Louisiana back at Davis Wade, uh, which was voted, by the way, the loudest SEC stadium. And all of the um, – we like all of our followers on Twitter, but y'all did get a little too butthurt about that. Um, those those cowbells, like, oh, that artificial noisemaker. like, I really don't care. I'm like, I mean, yeah, they're, they're loud, but, like, I mean, it's still part of the Mississippi State tradition. So, like, y'all need to – just chill with it and just let it let it be, but nevertheless, um, I think this will be easy win um, against Louisiana. I think they went five and seven last year, um, but you know it's at home at Mississippi State, so it's gonna be a tough game for them to win. Uh, Louisiana to win, so I just think it's gonna be easy win. Hold, do you want to say anything else about that? No, not really. It's kind of uh, interesting though that uh, Louisiana's coach last year, uh, Mark Hudspeth, is now the tight ends coach for Mississippi State. So just a little oh. interesting uh, little nugget there. Oh, nice. I like me some – And Hudspeth, Hudspeth was once a uh, hot commodity amongst coaches, like as far yeah. as up-and-comers. He was. He was. All right, so um, we'll, we'll just say 3-0 here uh, for the sake of time. Um, taking on Kentucky and Lexington at Kroger Field, which Kroger Field did beat uh, 
um, Knoxville for the kneeling for the loudest, loudest SEC stadiums. Um, it did. Uh, it did really crack me up when there was like that one Arkansas fan when they were matched up with Kentucky. It's like you don't just walk into a grocery store and come out with a win. And yeah. I just, I don't know. I thought that was so funny. I was. I, was gonna, I, didn't, I didn't remember the. I didn't remember the tweet as well as you, but I was. I was gonna reference that because that was pretty funny to me. Also, <laughs> so Stoops out here. We're not talking about Bob. We're talking about um, the other Stoops, the not as good one. Where um, he's he's really trying to build up Kentucky and to be a football and basketball school. So I don't. Um, I don't really have faith in him. I have more faith in the state. Uh, going to Kentucky and getting this win. I'll let JB comment on it more, but um, I, I was told first, actually, you know, I'm I'm kind of doing my cheat sheet here on Wikipedia, and they have this as a rivalry game because I guess Mississippi State and Kentucky play each other every year as a crossover game. But, like, is this really a rivalry? Does anybody really care about this game that much? No, I mean, it used to be maybe a little bit of a rivalry to Mississippi State fans in basketball, maybe like, oh, that makes you know, yeah. like, like a decade ago. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't really consider it, like, much of a rivalry game. I, you know, not to I, – I think about this every time they talk about Mississippi State and Kentucky, but uh, these cro- permanent crossover games I'm not really a fan of. If they want to just leave, like, Auburn, Georgia, and, like, Tennessee, Alabama, and Missouri, Arkansas even, and then just let all the other teams rotate, like, I would be perfectly fine with that. I don't know why they can't just do that. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, but anyway, <laughs> no, I don't really consider it, like, a rivalry game. And uh, State won this game pretty easily last year. Um, it is at Kentucky this year, and it is early in the season, like I said. I do think that one of these two road trips early in the season is going to get really dicey for Mississippi State, and they're going to have to find a way to win it at the end. I'm not sure if it's going to be this one or Kansas State, but I think one of these two games are going to struggle to get the win. Uh, but I do think they go up there and get the win. It may be a little bit closer than it was last year. But, uh, you know, I like Mississippi State's talent level just a little bit more than Kentucky. JB, what you got? Well, uh this is, you know, we were talking about crossover games. Uh, this is probably one of the most irre- irrelevant ones in the conference besides the Ole Miss Vanderbilt ones because they're just not rivals whatsoever. Yeah. But another another fact about Kentucky teams under Mike uh, under Stoops is that they always start off really strong, usually like something like 4-0, 5-0. And they always start off really strong in the season and they kind of just like fade away once their schedule gets tougher. But they usually and get once one. once basketball starts. Yeah, but they always get, <laughs> they always get at least one good win early in the season and this is kind of a trap game for state because they're going to have Florida coming into town next week and Mullen coming into town they still got to go to Lexington and beat a Kentucky team that's probably going to be two and one going into this game and like I said they always start off really strong and this game is going to be close uh I think like Holt said they're going to struggle in one or both of these games I think they're going to struggle they're going to not struggle but they're going to have to play their hearts out in both of these games in order to win because they're going to be playing two healthy, eager teams. And this uh, game's going to go through four. All right, I'll just say, this game's going to go four quarters, but State will prevail in the end. Uh, Nick Fitzgerald's going to be too much for that Kentucky defense. Fun fact, when you when you look at the schedule on Wikipedia for Mississippi State football, you can click on the hyperlinks for all the different teams, and you click on Kentucky, and it goes to the basketball team. <laughs> JK, JK, JK. <laughs> not, not sure. Kentucky does have a football team. We won't mess with you that much. Um, you just wish you had Bob Stoops instead of the other Stoops, but whatever. Um, all right, so Mississippi State now four and zero, and they're uh, looking looking for the CFP, the College Football Playoff. And this is one. Um, this is this is the one I have circled on the schedule the most because this one's most exciting. And I really wish I'm not I'm not going to go to it, but I kind of wish I could go to the game or would go to the game. Um, they take on Florida, so Dan Mullins returning back to start goals, and this is actually just worked out well as their crossover game this year. 
um, taking on Dan Mullen after he leaves for Florida and in a situation where Mississippi State will probably have more talent than Florida and be picked to win. So this would be a good good game where everybody's going to be super hyped up for this game to win uh, against their former coach. So I'll, I'll let JB kick this one off, and then, uh, Holt, you can, you can add to it. Yeah, I'm really, really excited about this one. Uh, you know, I, it might fall in place where I actually might get to attend this one, uh, possibly. I mean, if Holt can uh, hook me up. But I, I'm, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, if Holt hooks me up with this one, I'll hook him up with the Egg Bowl later in the season. You know, trade for a trade. But uh, I'm really, really excited about this one. Uh, Florida's still going to be really, really talented. Uh, Dan Mullen knows this team really well that he's going to be playing against. He knows the environment. His, he's going to have his guys ready to go. But uh, Mississippi State, th- that whole team is going to be fired up to go against their former coach, and they're going to be playing in a hostile environment. And <laughs> I don't actually – be close for very long. I think that uh, State in the second half is going to really blow this game wide open. I actually like State big in this one. Hold. Yeah, I, I tend to agree a little bit. Um, one thing I do worry about a little bit is I just don't want this game to be like too emotional and like too like uh, I don't want the fans and the players to be like too much out for blood because I feel like that can just you know take away from the game a little bit. Uh, Maybe they won't be, like, at their sharpest because they're just trying to blow them out versus just playing their game and winning. I think Mississippi State is a much better team than Florida this year. Florida's offense, uh, they have a pretty good running back, um, Jordan Scarlett, but uh, I'm not really sold on Felipe Franks, and I don't think uh, the Emory Jones kid is going to be ready uh, for this game. And plus, Dan Mullen doesn't really play young quarterbacks anyway. Um, So I expect Felipe Franks to be the quarterback for this game. I'm not really high on him as a quarterback. Um, so, I think Mississippi State's going to get the win. I think Florida's really going to struggle to score in this game. But I do think that they're going to be able to get, like, enough first downs and maybe chew enough clock to where it doesn't look that bad. I could see Mississippi State win this game, like, 27-13 to 13 or something like that. Kind of kind of an ugly game, but uh, I think Mississippi State's going to win pretty easily. What, um, what I'll add to that is that um, you talked about the quarterback situation at Florida with um, Emory Jones and Felipe Franks. Felipe Franks is the favorite, and he's a lot of – potential with his size, but he's just not great right now or hasn't shown it at least. Um, one thing about Dan Mullen we talked about before is he's his, his ability to develop quarterbacks with like Dak Prescott and um, Fitzgerald. So I think um, I do think that Felipe Franks will be a lot better quarterback by the end of the year um, as opposed to the beginning of the year, but I just don't think this game will be in, in time for him to be a good quarterback and I just think there's going to be too much emotion yet. Even that's one thing you should watch out for is at the beginning they're going to be so hyped up they might be drawn Maybe, you know, have a lot of flags as in, like, offsides and stuff like that. Get too excited. Maybe maybe a little personal hits or late like late hits or something like that. But I don't think it's going to get too out of hand. But, yeah, I think Mississippi State will win this one, too. Um, go to the next. And this, this this is what I like about the schedule. It just gets better and better. So, you um, you take on – you beat Florida and you start off 3-4-5-0. And, oh, and then you come back to play Auburn at home. And Auburn should be pretty good. Um, Auburn's definitely going to be pretty good this year. Um, they might have one loss with that Washington game. But – this has a potential to be, um, you know, two top ten teams, and uh, game day should be here if they're both undefeated. Definitely, if they're both undefeated, I would expect game day to be here. So um, I'll let I'll let hold. Do you think you know Auburn is your probably second least favorite team in the in the SEC, uh, and Auburn does like to run. They like to run the ball, and they have now Sidham as quarterback. But we talked about the defensive line. So do you think um, the the good matchup to watch is the Auburn's offense versus Mississippi State defense? So. Just talk about that, how you think it'll play out, and you can go ahead and go through score prediction or outcome, I guess. 
Right. Yeah, and we we've already done the Florida or the Auburn preview, and uh, one thing I talked about during this game was the fact that Auburn's lost four or five starting offensive linemen, and they do have uh, some talented players, some highly recruited players uh, stepping into those roles. But I think this is going to be a little bit too big of a test for them. Uh, I think you know the Cowboys are going to be ringing. It's going to be a crazy environment. This is going to be part of the CBS two thirty game, and it's going to be a packed house and it's going to be loud and rowdy. And uh, I think that Mississippi State defensive line is really going to go to work on that Auburn offensive line. And, uh, you know, I, I think Stidham uh, will do enough to, to make this a competitive game. But I do like Mississippi State to win this game uh, by about a touchdown. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think, just like I said, Mississippi State's defensive line is going to be the difference in this game. Jay, what you got? Yeah, uh, both of these teams are – almost like very similar teams. They're both going to be really solid on offense. Both of them have great defensive lines, uh, pretty good. Give the edge to Auburn on defense just by a little bit, but the offenses are pretty much dead even. Uh, Mississippi State being at home, I think that's going to be the ultimate advantage for them with the Cowbells and uh, this game being at home and both teams being undefeated. It's going to be similar to the game four years ago. I think it's going to be really close, yeah. but State's gonna, this is going to be State's coming out party. Man, I, uh, this is this is gonna be their. They're gonna pick up a big win in this one. They're gonna be flying high, going six and zero into their bye week, and things are gonna be looking really great in Starkville after this game. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, that twenty fourteen team that uh, beat LSU, Auburn, and I forgot who, who was the third. Texas A and M. Texas A and M. That was that was such a great team, and like I just remember watching each game and I mean maybe it was bad on me but like I, I picked the other team to win each week in my mind I thought you know LSU like there's no way Mississippi State's gonna go into Baton Rouge and beat LSU and then it beat LSU and then beat Auburn at at home and then beat a was it A&M in that order right Holt? It was LSU and then Texas A&M and then Auburn. Yeah and that Auburn was like two top five teams and I think that's when they they won that there's game day there and they went to number one in the nation it's just such a great great time there yeah Starkville. And that was yeah, man, we, two yeah. also, so it was just a great time in the whole state. Yeah, and the, and the way the schedule sets up, uh, Auburn will probably be a top five undefeated team going into this game as long as they prevail against Washington. And State will probably be well into the top ten by this point, too. Probably be like Auburn, you know, number, number four, State number seven going into this one. So we, we both think that Mississippi State's going to win this game, right? I know Holt does, and JB, you said that Mississippi State's going to win also. I'm picking State. If this game was at Auburn, I would definitely easily pick Auburn, but I'm giving State the edge because they're at home. Six. So that's six and zero. Oh. I mean, just for just for shits and giggles, I'll pick Mississippi State. Not not because I want to go different against you, but I still think I still think Auburn's really really good in this year, and they're probably my favorite team in the SEC. Um, to yeah. watch, I just think they're good, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. It, it's gonna be hard for Auburn to win, and Gus Malzahn has the ability to f up some good games sometimes. So it I, will be. Yeah, and the way I look at it, the winner of this game is the challenger for Alabama, but also the winner of this game will be in a, uh, a New Year's Six Bowl as well. Yeah, so we'll um, start off 6-0 and and then uh, going to uh, Tiger Stadium, which could be a night game. I would think it would be a night game um, to play, on, play LSU. They have a bye after Auburn, and they take on LSU after that. Um, you know, they're, they're more talented than LSU. They, they'll probably be the favorite for this game, but um, it's never easy going into Tiger Stadium and probably at night to beat LSU. I still think Mississippi State will win, but again, it wouldn't surprise me um, because this is kind of a trap game after you beat Florida and Auburn and then you have to take on LSU. You might not be as hyped for this game. So um, I'll give hold this one. 
Yeah, you know, it's always tough to go to LSU and win. Um, it's not something that Mississippi State has done a lot of. Um, that 2014 team, I think, is the only team that's done it since 2000. Um, so, you know, I'm not big on LSU this year. Uh, their defense is definitely good enough to give Mississippi State a hard time. Um, you know, they Devin White and Greedy Williams, you know, a couple outstanding players that they have. Um, you know, it's probably going to be a night game. If I had to guess, it's probably going to be like the 6 o'clock ESPN game. Um, I think LSU is probably going to have a couple of losses by this point in the season, so they may be a little bit down. I think they're coming off of a game against Georgia, I believe, at home. So uh, they may be a little bit beat up, and State's going to be coming off a bye. So I do, I do like Mississippi State to win this game. I would not be surprised at all if LSU uh, – if this is a really good game or if LSU even won this game, honestly. Um mm-hmm. But I just – I'm not a big – at Orgeron fan, I'm not a fan of everything that's been going on with their offense over the last, like, you know, six or seven years, however long it's been. Uh, but, you know, their defense is good enough to keep them in the game. And, you know, obviously that home crowd is a huge advantage as well. But I do like Mississippi State in this one. JB, I hate to do this to you, but I don't have to keep it short for you. So I'll give you, like, five words to tell me tell me your point here or just if you think uh, Mississippi State will win, just give me a yes. <laughs> State will win on the road. Six words. Nice, nice. I appreciate that, JB, for the sake of time. Um, JB, we'll, we'll let you expand on the next game, going to A&M. We, we talked about, and this is not going to A&M, playing A&M at, uh, <laughs> at Davis. Yeah, get this right. Yeah, at Davis. I have it right in front of me, so I probably I really shouldn't get this wrong. But I will remind you all that we are – we have moved up um, from ignoramuses to just plain dumb. So we're not, we're not there yet, but we're getting there. Um, but A&M – um, at Davis Wesleyan, we talked about NM being a dark horse. Uh, so this could be a, this could be a tough game. I mean, like every game in the SEC, but I think I think State will win this one. So I'll let JB you can you can expand on this one. Yeah, like we talked in previous podcasts. Like I absolutely love A and M. I think they're a dark horse in the West. Uh, even like I don't think they're a top three team in the West. Like because that's going to belong to the two Alabama schools and Mississippi State. But A and M is still going to rack up a bunch of wins this year. Uh, they're going to improve as the year goes on. By this point, uh, they're going to really start playing good football. And this is not going to be an easy game for State. They're coming off a road game, a road win at LSU, and playing a uh, fired-up A&M team late in October. Uh, this is going to be a really close game. Uh, I do like State to uh, pull away, you know, maybe in the fourth quarter. I think they can win, you know, maybe about 10 points. But Jim Fisher's teams, uh, we've seen how they, you know, they – you know how like they how they've been like at Florida State. Uh, they're they're not gonna always uh, get blown out. They usually play really close, even no matter how good how bad they are. And this team is really talented in A and M. I really like their defense, and their offense is just gonna get better as the season goes. But State just they have all the pieces in place, and it's gonna be a win for them. Hold on, I'll, um, I'll give you the choice here. You can you can be short on this one and be long on Arkansas, or you can be long on this one and short on Arkansas. Which which one do you want to be short on? Uh, I'm going to be long on this one. Okay, go ahead. Um, well, I know it was a long time ago since we did our Texas A&M podcast, but I actually picked Texas A&M to win this game. Uh, Texas A&M is coming off a bye before this game. Just like you said, uh, they're going to be getting better as the season goes on, I think, with Jimbo Fisher. They're really starting to you know install like his culture and his identity in the program. Um, I think Texas A&M's defense is going to be much improved this year because, number one, they don't have uh, – well, number one, they have a lot of talent returning. And, uh, number two, the fact that they're not running that high-tempo offense 
is going to make them have to face a lot less plays every game. And I'm also a huge fan of Mike Elko. So you put all those things together. I think Texas A&M has a chance to be a really good team this year. They're coming off a bye. They're probably going to have two early losses to Clemson and Alabama. They're going to be looking for that signature win. Mississippi State's going to be if, – if everything goes the way we have it right now, Mississippi State's going to be, you know, top, top two, three team in the country. They're definitely going to be top five. Yeah. Um, so this is going to be a huge game for Texas A&M. Mississippi State's going to be coming off a road trip to LSU, which would probably would have been a pretty tough game for them to win. Um, so I'm going to pick Texas A&M to win this game, pull the upset. Jimbo Fisher's going to get his big signature win. And also, uh, one more point I want to make on that, too, is Jimbo Fisher has been a head coach in the Power Five for a long time. He's won a national championship, won a lot of big games. Joe Moorhead, you know, hasn't, you know what I mean? And obviously, he'll have some big wins by this point in the season if everything goes just like, you know, we said. But uh, I really like Jimbo Fisher in this game. I think, you know, the A&M is going to be improved as the season goes on. So, I, I like uh, like the Aggies in this one. And so I I hope I'm wrong, but <laughs> it's really, really up to me now. So I'm gonna still pick State to win this one. So don't worry, hold. They still got the win. Right. They still got the all win. right. Uh, so now I think that's eight and zero. Now it's getting, it's getting kind of scary, especially for you, hold as a State fan. Them eight and zero. Like, where are they gonna f up? Are they gonna lose to Louisiana Tech? Is that like where the next one is? Um, skip so, Holtz. I'm gonna I'm gonna say we're gonna skip through this one pretty quickly. Uh, Louisiana Tech did did go seven and six last year in the Conference USA, which was a former conference for Memphis until they kind of moved up to that Power Six. So it's not not an easy conference there, but I think Mississippi State's going to win this one pretty easily. And the uh, only the only question about this game, Alex, is does Louisiana Tech have another third and goal from their own twelve yard line this year? What do you think? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Do, well, do you do you remember that? I, I don't know. Maybe you don't remember that last year. But Mississippi State and, Texas, and Louisiana Tech played last year at Louisiana Tech. Actually, it and seems like play... that's like their <laughs> golly. Like they play. It seems like they play Louisiana Tech every year. Like that's their non-conference yeah. uh, group of five. What was? What was yeah. It? <laughs> and they play. In, and they play in Ruston too. Like that's a lot of respect for a Power Five yeah. school to go visit Ruston when you could just. Well, that's play that's how schools. Year. That's how schools like Mississippi State like kind of save money is they they do like a two for one like you come to us twice for free and then we go to you once I mean maybe they Louisiana Tech gets a little bit of money but that's kind of like the, they did the same thing with South Alabama a few years ago where it's like all right well if you give us two home games we'll come there one time and that's just kind of like how the schedule plays out what so it's just it's kind of like a way for smaller schools to save money because they can't afford you know like Alabama to play like Mercer and you know UAB every year or that, whatever. That- that play you were referencing, Holt, what, what was the loss? Was it like 60-yard loss? What was it? It was Jefferson. No, it was like – I mean, they were – I mean, it was first – it was second and goal. They It was a bad snap, I think. And then the Mississippi State defenders had like a bunch of chances to pick it up. But instead of picking it up, they would just accidentally kick it. Like when they were – because they were trying to pick it up and run. And yeah. I'm not sure how much of it was on purpose, how much <laughs> of it was on accident. But they literally like the ball rolled all the way back, all the way to the other end of the field. I'm not exactly sure what yard line it ended up on. But like eventually the Louisiana Tech – one of the Louisiana Tech players fell on it. So then they had like a third and goal from like, you know, inside their own 20-yard line. Yeah. That was crazy. And then, and then they obviously like ran one play and punted on fourth and goal. <laughs> they, they didn't try to do the Hail Mary real quick to get the first down? Or the touchdown, I guess it would be. <laughs> It, um, no, they they did not. That's a really that's really like an fu play because they probably they probably could have picked it up the whole time. Like no, f this, we're gonna make them like yeah, or fourth, third and goal from the fifteen yard line, the other fifteen yard line. Crazy play. All right, so um, we'll we'll let Holt be short on this because you, you you didn't promise, but I think we need to be short on some of these. So I think they're gonna win. 
um, saying on, oh, no, 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 excuse me. The next yeah. one. I was about to say, dude, this because this is like the biggest game in Mississippi State history right now. And I know you're not trying to skip over that one. Yeah, go ahead and be short on Alabama, Holt. No, um, yeah, I think they're going to lose this one. I'm sorry, Holt. They had to lose one eventually, so I think they're going to lose. And that this could be the – this isn't the 8-0. No. This is the 9-0 thing, right? Or no, this is the 8-0, no, right? No, no, no. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're going to be – 9-0. Hold on. Yeah, 9-0. Not, not the 8-0, no, like from a couple years ago when they didn't really play anybody and they lost to Alabama, but – Go ahead and go ahead and expand on this one. Um, I think I think they're going to lose. I think JB's probably thinking they're going to lose. So, Holt, what you got for this one? Yeah, I mean Mississippi State for some reason. I mean, I know the reason is because Alabama's always good, but Mississippi State just never plays well against Alabama. Last year was the first year I can remember uh, Mississippi State actually giving Alabama a game. Um, you know, at Alabama, Nick Saban. You know the defense. The you know the hundred and however many thousand people there, like. Uh, I like Alabama to win this game just because they're Alabama, and I, it's just you can't you can't pick against them because like every time you pick against Alabama, they end up winning by like forty. Yeah. So like, I mean, you just can't like you just like the program they built there. They're just on like a completely different level than everybody else. Um, I would love for Mississippi State to go win this game. Um, you know, they are do one. Obviously, it reminds me that the twenty fourteen season uh, when this was like a big game and. One of my old college buddies from college decided to just go ahead and get married that day. Like, it was no big deal. <laughs> and we are all, you know, we all went to state together and we're just all sitting in the back while they're saying their vows or whatever with our phones up, uh, checking Twitter. And some of us had the game pulled up on our phones. And, you know, so shout out to that guy. <laughs> they're still married, by the way. So it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just, I just don't understand fall weddings, man. Like, there's 14 Saturdays in the year where we have college football. You can plan a wedding the other nine months of the year. Like, people that plan fall weddings just don't have souls. They're the worst people. All right, so they are. In, in summary, Holt thinks this is a loss again, right? Yeah, and I mean, I, I just think we haven't really talked a lot about the receivers, but I think this is one of those games where if you're going to beat Alabama, you got to have a big-time receiver to go up and make some plays in one-on-one because they're going to guard you man-to-man and they're going to play the run. That's just what they do. And, you know, they're not going to be able to hold off uh, that Alabama defense. They're not going to have a receiver who can be the difference maker in the passing game. So I think Alabama is going to be able to win this game uh, based on that. Uh, Mississippi State Stevens may play a really good game and keep it close. Um, but I just don't think Mississippi State's going to be able to move the ball enough to win this game. JB, you got a few words? Uh, I really – I want to pick State, but uh, Alabama is just way too good. Yeah. Uh, this Alabama team is just going to be way too talented. They're going to roll through the schedule this year and finish undefeated. I think. Uh, I mean, that's an that's previous podcast, but I don't I don't think they're just roll through the schedule. There's still a lot of a lot of good teams at SEC. So I don't, I don't know. know. Like they're they're just they're reloading this year. I, mean, I know they lost a lot of guys from last year's team, but they're just going to reload. It's just continuity. It's the same old Bama. They're going to be really awesome on defense. Their offense is going to be. Fairly decent. Uh, it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is, Hurts or Tua. They're going to be able to move the ball. They're going to be able to control the, the trenches on both sides of the ball as well. Okay. Well, I, I didn't know you are an Alabama fan too, JB. Jeez. Um, <laughs> okay. So, um, we'll, we'll take that up as a chalk as a loss. So, now they're, uh, what, 9-1. and one taking on Arkansas at Davis Wade. Um, Hold, this is the one you have to be short with. So, give me uh, give me three words on this one. They ain't right. They ain't ready. They ain't ready. Okay. Oh, so Arkansas. Arkansas ain't ready? Yeah, Arkansas ain't ready. Okay. 
All right, got you. So that's that's a win for Mississippi State. I'm gonna say same. Mississippi State's gonna win. And like like Cole said in the previous podcast, this is actually a pretty pretty good game. Usually, I mean, I don't think it's going to be this year because Arkansas um, and Mississippi State both have new coaches, but different teams completely. Like Mississippi State's ready. They literally are ready for this one. Like they're ready. Their team is ready for the whole year, and Arkansas just doesn't know now that they're not gonna be a um, ground and pound team. They're gonna be an air raid team, which had more. So they ain't ready. You're right. So I'll say win for Mississippi State. JB, what you got? Uh, this is going to be a really ugly game, honestly. Uh, State's playing Arkansas in between Alabama and Ole Miss game. Uh, Arkansas is going to get better as the season goes. Uh, Chad Morris is really going to have his guys ready. They're going to be tr- fighting for ball eligibility at this point. Uh, this is going to be a really ugly, low-scoring game, but State will ultimately prevail because of their defense. Okay. Um, so uh, now we're going 10-1, and one, taking on Ole Miss at Oxford for the Egg Bowl. One thing I'll say about this, um, I mean, this is obviously going to be a big revenge game for State, so I think they're going to win. But um, like Jamie said in the previous podcast, the um, these, these big rivals like Egg Bowl and Iron Bowl, you kind of sometimes you have to throw out the, the records of the two teams and just just think about like where it's being played because, um, and especially for the Egg Bowl, the last few years, the team that was supposed to win didn't win. Um, Ole Miss won last year and they weren't supposed to win, and then State won two years ago and they weren't supposed to win. So, um, and one thing I also say about the Egg Bowl itself is, you know, people always talk about the Iron Bowl being like the best um, rivalry in in the conference and one of the best com- rivalries in the in the country. But um, the Egg Bowl, I mean, the teams might not have as good of history, um, or yeah, as they have as good as um, they've been in the past. But as Alabama and Auburn, but. They really do hate each other in this game, so it's a, it's a tough game. To, um, for It's a big game for both teams, so I'll let Hulk kick us off, and J.B., you can finish it off. And J.B. does – J.B. said he's, he's been letting us know that Taco Bell is running through him, so he might give up and get, like, afterwards for this one. Dude, J.B., if you want to just, like, put down the headphones and walk away for a second, that's totally fine. Me and Alex can handle it. Yeah. Oh, no, no, we're good, man. We're, uh, let's, <laughs> go ahead and wrap this, let's just go ahead and wrap this up. Well, hey, hold on. Let's take 30 minutes on this one, please. Yeah. Well, actually, I would love to – I actually have a lot of opinions on the Egg Bowl rivalry, and I'd like to okay. run them down how about? Quick. Well, how about I just go ahead and uh, – <laughs> I'll go ahead and give you my stuff, and uh, we'll let Hold elaborate. Uh, this is a rivalry game. Uh, this is going to be really close. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think State's going to run away with this one. Uh, it's in Oxford. Uh, Ole Miss is gonna, has a really good offense. Uh, this is their bowl game. This is their last game of the season. It's senior night. They're going to play their asses off. And I know that people are going to say that, oh, State's just going to be a 10-1 and team at this point. They're going to have a potential uh, outside chance of a playoff berth. They're going to have a New Year's Six berth on the line. But, yeah, I, I agree. I do think State's going to prevail. But this game is not going to be a blowout. This game is going to go all the way to the final few minutes of the fourth quarter. All right. And who's going to win? State wins. Okay. JB, go enjoy that shit. <laughs> Yeah, let's just keep it like really professional on yeah. on our show here. Yeah, that's what we do. But uh, yeah, you know, talking about like Mississippi State and Ole Miss, like it's just it's uh, I'll, it's hard to compare it to like some other uh, big time robberies, just because usually the other team is. Uh... <laughs> I don't even know what's going on right now. JB, it's fine. I don't, I don't hear anything. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> anyway, just I guess I guess we're just gonna keep rolling. Uh, 
the thing with, the, with this rivalry compared to other ones is like, you know, you look at Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, Auburn, you know, whatever other big rivalries you want to talk about. Is like a lot of times the two teams, even though they'll never admit it publicly, they have respect for each other and they have like, uh, you know, they know that if they lose that game, it won't be because they're a bad team. It'll just be because the other team played a better game that day. But the Mississippi State Ole Miss rivalry is two teams who are convinced that the other program is just the worst fucking program like on the face of the earth and it's just like the bottom of the barrel like worse you can be uh program so like this game it, it isn't even like it's just so hard to say because it's just uh you know the the worst team always seems to find a way to win this game and there's no respect for the other team like whatsoever on either side and both teams are just very like you know the other team is just crap and you know we may not be much better but at least we're better than them and that's kind of like how I would describe the egg bowl to let someone me, um, who's never watched it before. Let me ask you a real quick question, or at least ask you to include this in your breakdown, is which I'm sure you will. Um, we talk about Ole Miss receivers, especially AJ Brown, and you talk about Mississippi State's defense being great, but you don't necessarily mention their D backs and cornerbacks. So that's a good matchup I'm interested to for you to talk about is AJ Brown versus Mississippi State uh, corners and safeties. Yeah, definitely, and. um that's definitely the corners would probably be the biggest weakness of the Mississippi State defense. They do have a couple safeties, Mark McLaurin, who led the SEC in interceptions last year, and Jonathan Abram, who's probably my favorite player on the team. Just a really fun guy to watch. But uh, anyway, yeah, they don't have anybody who can really cover A.J. Brown, um, quite honest. Uh, this is why it could be a close game is because Ole Miss's strength as a team is Mississippi State's weakness. Um so if Ole Miss is able to come out and throw the ball like a lot like they did last year and make some big plays, then I think they can stay in the game. But uh, who I think is going to win? JB, will you stop fucking texting me? Jesus Christ! <laughs> like, dude, are you are you okay? Like, it's it's okay. Just just keep keep on rolling with it. Yeah, just keep going. Hold. No, I'm dude. listening. JB, just say what you got to say. I don't have anything to say. I'm just uh, listening to you give your analysis. Uh, you were just well, like, you're like, I mean, dude, you're over here blowing up my phone. Like, what's up? Why don't you just say something? You're right here. Dad, all he's going to say is he, he's feeling like a new man. He's 10 pounds lighter. The Taco Bell's gone, and he's, he's a new man. He's feeling feeling like he can he can try out for uh, Weight Watchers now. Dude, we're, this, <laughs> this was like our best. This was like our best episode ever until like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jamie, like, I'm not even joking, man. This is like the best one. Like we were doing so good, David just had some motherfucking moments. It's, it's it's it is what it is. We knew we, yeah. we knew what we were signing when we we signed them with us. You know what you got when you got me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so anyway, pre- anyway, I think uh, I think Mississippi State's gonna gonna win this game. So uh, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and defeated Holt, but a victorious Mississippi State. What a great great image. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we think two wins or two two Ws, and I think I think Ole Miss is gonna win this game. Actually, I don't. I think Mississippi State's going to win this one too. So that leaves them at what eleven and one, and we we come up we come to eleven and one differently because um, I think individually, or at least me and Holt at least individually think that they're going to go ten and two, but we don't agree on the game, so it ends up eleven and three. Right. So I think right. JB JB actually does think they're going to go eleven and one, but I think they'll go. I still think they'll go ten and two. So um, it could. I mean, they could very well be playing in the SEC championship if they 
if they could beat Alabama, if Alabama loses the game, we'll see, we'll see. But it's it's going to be a good year for Mississippi State. There's a lot of a lot of excitement, a lot of reasons to be excited. New coach, same offense, same defense, uh, great players all around. Maybe defensive player of the year, um, maybe the top three quarterback in the league. It's a lot of a lot of things to be excited. And of course, if you if you ever make a trip to Starkville, make sure you go to what we got. We got Petty's mugshots, Stagger, and we have Restaurant Tyler, the Ben, the Ben. Two Brothers, Barbecue. Mississippi uh, Bulldog Company. Or was it a Bulldog Burger Company? Something like that. Yeah, those are two completely different things. But, yeah, it was the second one. <laughs> um, I actually used to live, if you go to the Bulldog Burger Company, I used to live in that brick building that's right across the street. So, did, um, so if, you're, if, if you're ever there, just, uh, you know, say a little prayer for me because I, I miss that place every day. I wish I could still live there. <laughs> yeah. Hold, um, you, I think you are a season ticket holder for the second year in a row, correct? Or yes, besides I the, am. Besides the college years. Yeah, so um, do you feel like you're too old for Ricks now, or is that, like, is that like still your thing? Um, it depends, because Ricks is kind of – It's kind of trash, uh, right? A little bit? Yeah, I mean, it's a little more – it's not like with the rest of the bars in Starville, so, like, I feel like there's a little bit older crowd there. So, <laughs> unless there's, like, a – you know, like, maybe, like, a – frat party there like a uh some kind of like mix or swap whatever they call them nowadays yeah then uh you know then maybe it, i would feel a little bit too old there but usually like the crowd there is pretty a little bit older so i'm yeah. not like too worried about that well we, we might have to make a trip to start with this year with you we'll see we'll see i don't know which game cause be recorded, <laughs> but... i hope you guys hope you guys can make it yeah i, I know uh that little two-week period uh or three-week period we're gonna go I'm going to the Florida game, then I'm going to Destin, then I'm going to the Auburn game, and then the next weekend we're going to the Tennessee-Auburn game, which, JB, did I give you uh, the money that I owe you for that? No, you still have to Venmo me, but I told you you can Venmo me anytime. I wasn't even trying to be a dick. but uh, uh, yeah, I thought you were being they're... sarcastic. No, no, I really wasn't. I was actually just trying to – but uh, uh, I would appreciate it if you Venmo me earlier so I don't have to wait yeah. on it. Alex, did you buy tickets, or did JB just lie to me so I would buy some? No, no, he, no, he actually bought tickets. I, I, I've been mowed JB like. Okay. Because I, I, I meant to text you, but part of me was like, dude, I wouldn't put it past JB to like tell both of us that the other one already bought tickets <laughs> so that we felt like we had to, <laughs> just so he'd have someone to sit with at the game. Total, total JB move. Yeah, that, that's a, that is a very <laughs> JB thing to do. Like, I could see if, if you want to know what kind of person JB is, like, I could totally easily picture him asking Alex if he wanted to go to the game. Alex say no, and then he asks me if I want to go to the game, but then he tells me that Alex already bought tickets, and then I'm going to be outside the stadium on my own if I don't buy tickets. So, like, that whole – like, that is a very, like, JB thing to do. Like, I feel like that – if I could describe JB in, like, you know, like one little paragraph there, like, that's that's how I would describe JB. Hey, but he's so, – you think, you think that much of me? Like, I would be that much of a dick? Dude, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't put it past you, man. JB, JB's, JB oh, means well, though. We'll, we'll say J- that. Yeah, well, JB also does, like, some pretty sketchy stuff to try to get us to go to wherever he wants to go eat. We'll, we'll just we'll, – we'll keep it at we'll – bless, bless JB's heart. And uh, <laughs> make sure you subscribe to us, including JB, on iTunes at SEC Slow Smoke. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoke. And then we will – that finishes off our West preview. So now yeah. we will uh, go to the East and talk about all the great teams in the East, a.k.a. Georgia. So – um, and then we're going to be doing, what, two podcasts a week once the season starts? Uh, sounds about right, yeah, I think so. So we'll, uh, so you definitely want to tune in for that. We're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about once the season starts and, you know, put us in your schedule, man. 
Yeah, and hopefully Jay yeah. won't talk the bubble for every time we do podcasts. So we want to take a shot. Yeah, and, and what what season? <laughs> yeah, God, <laughs> God, for, God forbid we just get like a code word or something like. Yeah, mistletoe. <laughs> yeah, once the season starts, like we're gonna have a shit ton to talk about. So I hope you guys will tune in and listen. <laughs> Good fun, baby. Good fun. All right, we got we gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. Hold, go ahead and end this so we can talk about the next week next time. <laughs>